Uh, today, if you have your Bible, we're going to be looking in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse number 11 in, in just a little bit. And so if you, want to, if you want to turn there, we're going to be reading there in just a few moments. But today, it's kind of interesting as we just sang a song about, about surrender. And we talk about the greatness of God, how great thou art. We talk about a song about, about surrendering to a God who is like that. Uh, it sort of, it, obviously, it fits in with what we're going to be looking at today concerning our topic. If you look on, the, on your bulletin, you'll notice that it, the, the lesson today is about submission. And, and I'm going to be honest with you, anytime we talk about submission or somebody mentions the word submission, it's really not one of my favorite subjects. It makes me a little bit nervous. Now, I think we all have different viewpoints or different ideas as to what submission is. Now, I'm going to get you all, hopefully, to participate a little bit. Um, now, now, guys, whenever you hear submission, what is, is there something in particular you think of? And the best way to go is don't mention anything about women. So when you think about submission, what is one of the first things you think of? Any, anybody? Okay, good. So this worked out well. With the staff, I brought this up, and they answered really quickly, so... Obviously, that didn't work very well. Uh, submission. Now, for me, I think automatically I think of a guy tapping out in a UFC fight. Okay, does that sound familiar to any of you guys? Okay, good. Nobody. So anyway, so that's what I think of whenever I think of submission. I think of, you know, it's a fight, somebody's tapping out, it means to lose. Now, I think in general, for most ladies, and especially since we're in a church today, you hear somebody talking about submission you, you, um, I think for most ladies that they would say, well, I think about those vows. I will honor and obey. Yes, it was actually the vows people use. I will honor and obey my husband. I've done a bunch of weddings. Y'all, it has been years since, and, since I've actually used those vows. I'm all for going back to that. But very few people, you know, want to use that. And so a lot of people, we struggle with the idea of submission, because here it is. Submission, basically, it means to lose. The only time we like submission is when somebody is submitting you know, to me or to us. And so I really think that's why people, you know, we struggle with even the biblical idea of submission. Because we think it means to surrender. And some people think, well, if you're going to be a Christian, and you know, they, talk, you know, they talk about submission, it means that you've got to be a doormat for other people. And so what we're interested in is we are interested in winning. And yet today we are continuing our series called Divergent. And that word divergent, it just, it just very simply or basically means to do that which is unexpected. To go a different path than everybody else thinks that you are going to go. And that's one thing you discover, if, if you are going, and if you and I are going to take following Jesus seriously, then it's going to require us going his path, which is a different path than what the world says. I mean, the Apostle Paul said in Romans 12, 1 and 2, he says, Therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. It's your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Now, for the remainder of this month, my, my hope is that we are going to begin to look at some, some practical ways 
that we can live as a people who are divergent, who live differently than the rest of the world, not just for being different, not just for difference's sake, but, but for God's sake, because we want to honor him, to live in a way that is different than the rest of the world. And last week, we talked about one way for us to be divergent is in our behavior. You know, the way that we live, the way that we treat others. And today, we're going to see a way that we can be divergent, a way that we can be different, is by being a people of submission. And so I know that whenever I started looking at this topic, I was like, man, this is, this is a topic that hits me in the head like a two-by-four. It's not a fun topic to talk about for me because I, I want people to serve and be submissive to me. But that's not what the Bible says. And so today in our passage of Scripture, we're going to see Peter sharing with some believers some practical advice on how we can stand out from the rest of the world. And one of the ways that he tells us that we are to do this is by being a people of submission. And so that's why we're going to look in 1 Peter chapter 2 in just a few moments. And if, you, if you're looking there, just as a reminder, Peter's the guy who wrote this book. And he was a disciple of Jesus, and he was writing this book to Christians who were living all, all over the ancient world. And he wrote this letter for encouragement to them. And the reason why he wanted to encourage them is because they were undergoing persecution because of their faith. Now, where we live today, I mean, we can talk about some things where we're being persecuted. But these, I mean, this, this was serious stuff that they were undergoing. It was physical persecution. So people were dying because of their faith. And so they're looking for answers. Like, you know, Peter, help us out here. I mean, is there any advice you can give us? And so Peter writes him a letter to encourage them. And he says, as you are undergoing persecution, a way that you can be divergent is by submitting. Now, I look at that, and I think, well, that mm, does not make sense to me. You know, if I'm losing, if I'm struggling, somebody is being mean to me, is persecuting me because of my faith, and the way I'm to respond is by being submissive. That's not the answer I'm looking for. Now, I, need, I know for some of you, you're looking for the answer of you're waiting for Peter to write a letter and say, hey, man, you know, get your guns out, and uh, let's, let's go to war. Uh, you know, for others of us, like me, you know, it's like, hey, Peter, give me a few good hiding places, you know, where I can go hide and nobody's going to mess with me anymore. That's not what Peter says. Peter says the way to be divergent, to be different than the rest of the world, is by living a life of submission. Now, is there, are there any reasons for this? Because it doesn't make sense to me on just a human level. Well, let's look at some reasons that we are to practice submission. And, and the very first one I see in our text today, it's, it's simple. It's for the sake of others. We are to be a submissive people. And this is speaking of Christians. Christians are to live lives of submission for the sake of others. Look in verse number 11. Peter wrote, Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and temporary residents to abstain from fleshly desires that were against you. Conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles so that in a case where they speak against you as those who do evil, they may, by observing your good works, glorify God in a day of visitation. Now, it's interesting to me that Peter addresses those who are followers of God as being aliens, you know, as, as being temporary residents. Oh, what's he talking about here? What he's reminding believers, he said, listen, as you live in this world, he said, this is not your home. Did you know that? 
I mean, this is not where our roots are forever planted in the things of this life. He says, you are a temporary resident. You're passing through because when you become a follower of God, you belong to God, and God's got another home for you. In Philippians 3.20, Paul wrote, our citizenship is where? It says it's in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. As followers of Jesus, we, we are just simply passing through this life. Now, it's the only life I know, so it's kind of hard for me to, to figure out. But we're just simply passing through. But we're citizens of heaven. Now, citizenship, you know, it's, we know it's important. Uh, what's even more important to me is where you're a citizen. And, I, you know, I'm a homer. Greatest place to be a citizen, state of South Carolina, no doubt. Uh, the, the greatest nation to be a citizen of is the United States of America. And I know there's a lot of stuff in here that kind of you know, kind of gripes me and irritates me, and I see a slide that's going on. But guys, in, in, in the big picture of the rest of the world, at least still right now, it's, it's still this country's the greatest place to be part of. Now, if I'm living in, the, if I'm a citizen of this nation, but let's say I'm living in, a, in another nation, as like, let's say like in Afghanistan, and me, if I'm there, you know, which I ain't going to last very long. But if I'm there, you know one thing that I'm doing because I'm a citizen of this country? I am looking forward to the day when I get back here. I can't wait to get back home. Well, that is what Peter is writing here. He is saying, you are temporary residents here, and you ought to be excited and looking forward to the day when you're going to go to your home country, which is where God is, which is heaven. Now, what's so good about heaven? Well, y'all, it's, it's better than any place. In Revelation 21, 3 through 5, speaking of heaven, John wrote, God's dwelling is with humanity, and he will live with them. So they'll be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is heaven. It says, and death will no longer exist. Grief, crying, and pain will exist no longer. Because the previous things have passed away. Is, I, I'm buying into that. I mean, no more death, no more crying, no more pain. Y'all, I am not a pain person. Okay, and so if there's a world where there's no more pain, sign me up right now. That, uh, John's saying, this is heaven. He says, look, I am making everything new. And he also said, right, because these words are faithful and true. Now, we ought to be looking forward to being a part of the home that God's prepared for us. But what's interesting to me is that as believers, God has not put us here on this earth in order just simply to endure this life and go, honey, I've got to live here, but I can't wait till I get to heaven. God says, while you are living here, you are to live as a, as a citizen of heaven, as an ambassador to Christ, because our goal is to bring as many people with us as possible into this new country that God has prepared for his people. But if people are going to follow us as believers, if people are going to pay attention to our faith, we are called to emulate the faith that Christ has called us to live. Because here's my belief. When people see us living out the way that God's called us to live, it is the most attractive way to live that there is. And it will draw people to Jesus. So the question for me is, well then, you know, how do I, how do, I do that? 
How do I live in a way that is honoring to God? How do I submit myself? How do I live a life of submission to Christ? And Peter kicks it off by telling us how in verse number 11. And if you look in verse number 11, he says that we are to abstain from all fleshly desires. Now that word abstain, it means to put a distance between. And so I have to put a distance between myself and the way that the world calls for us to live. Now, in some ways, that's, that's, that's tough. Because if I'm living here in this world, one thing I want to do is if I'm a part of this world, I want to blend in with the world. I mean, I don't want to be weird. I want to fit in with the way everybody else is living. I want to be like everybody else. But there's something interesting to think about. Just because that might seem natural, it doesn't mean that that, that which is natural is always good. Did y'all know that? Stuff that happens in nature, doesn't, just because it's natural doesn't mean it's always good. You know, tornadoes are, are natural, but I don't, none of us want them to rip through our backyard, right? You know, poison ivy is natural, but you're not going to use it for salad. Um, you know, the way we, you know, eating is something that is natural, but if we, if we abuse it, it's something that can be destructive to us. And so what Peter is telling us, he's saying, listen, just because something's natural doesn't mean it's always best for you. And so you don't want to submit yourself to the natural world. You want to submit yourself to Jesus. Well, why? Well, Paul answers that question in Romans 8.13. He says, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. It's, that's pretty clear cut to me. If you live according to the way you want to, what's natural? He said, you're going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, and you will live. So why is it important for us to submit to the leadership of God? Well, one of the reasons why is because people are watching us. And they want to see how we live. And if they see how we are living, then what can happen is that it can draw them to the God that we live and that we love and that we serve. And they'll want to follow him as well. So, so we, want to, we want to be submissive for the sake of others so that others might see who Jesus is. And so it's important how we live. You know, we have, uh, we have a bunch of trees in our yard and which is great in summer, because in the summertime, because there's so many trees, it provides a lot of shade. Let me tell you something. In the fall, it blows, having a lot of trees in your yard. Because every, every one of our trees has leaves, and every single one of them falls. And so, I mean, I'm not, if, if you've ever seen our house before, yeah, I'm not a good yard guy at all. But, but whenever the leaves fall... I mean, it is overwhelming how many leaves fall, and it covers up our yard. So if, if we're going to, you know, if, if people are going to notice that we even have a yard, then one thing that I have to do, Patrick, I might get your Bible study group to come and serve us. Um, one thing that we have to do is we have to pick up the leaves. When I say we, I'm going to go ahead and just say that's me. Uh, we have, I have to pick up the leaves. I, I actually, I do, I enjoy raking. And so every, just about every weekend I go out and I rake, I rake the leaves in our yard. Now our yard doesn't look all that great, that's my fault. Emily, she married down with me. But, uh, but I do pick up leaves. But if I don't pick them up for several weeks, it's incredible how quickly they stack up. Y'all know what I'm talking about if you have leaves in your yard? I mean, and it's just, it's overwhelming. And so if, if people, you know, if, I, if I don't pick them up, nobody knows we have a yard. Now, in a similar sense, the same thing is true with us as believers. I mean, if we don't tend to our lives constantly and pick up the dead leaves that are in our lives, then what's going to happen is that they're going to overrun our lives and the desires that God has for us so that when people look at us, they're going to have a hard time seeing Jesus if I'm not picking up the dead leaves 
in my own life. And one of the best ways to do that is, be, is me submitting myself to Jesus and denying the desires of this world and saying, Lord, I'm going to submit to your ways instead of my own. And that becomes a magnet for other people to see you so that they can see Jesus. So when I look at our testimony, why should I practice submission? Because this is a tough subject for me. Well, first of all, it's for, it's for the sake of others. But here's the second, the second reason to practice submission. It's for the Lord's sake. I, I want to be submissive because it is a calling that God has on your life and my life. In verse number 13, here's what Peter says. He says, submit to every human institution. And then here's the important part. He says, because of the Lord whether to the emperor as a supreme authority or to governors as those who sent out who, uh, who as those sent out by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good for it is God's will that you by doing good silence the ignorance of foolish people as God's slaves live as free people but don't use your freedom as a way to conceal evil he says honor everyone love the brotherhood love Christians fear God and he says and honor the emperor now, the part I'm going to focus on here is something that's sort of interesting to me. Peter says that we are to demonstrate submission. We are to demonstrate obedience to our governmental authorities. Okay, now let me just tell you something. That is not a popular subject today. Uh, we live, we are living, right now we are living in a tremendously, uh, politically, we are in a very polarized country right now. I mean, and, you know, we, you, you got people on the, you say, the left, you got people on the right, and man, there is just really, there's really less and less common ground. And so then I look in our text today, and what does Peter say? He says, we are to submit to our governmental authorities. And we look at that, and there's many of us who look at that, and I'm not saying everybody, but many of us look at that and say, ain't no way that's happening. You know, we have a Democratic president right now, and there's no way because we know God's a Republican, that we can be submissive, that we can be submissive to that. Now, there's the other side. We have a brand new Congress, Republican-dominated. We all know Republicans hate poor people. And so there is no way that we can submit ourselves to their leadership. Okay, now, I look at all that, and I say, okay, now, I understand where that's coming from. That's, you have your opinion, I have my opinion, but you know what, I, here's the deal. Your opinion, my opinion, in the big picture, you know what matters. Well, what matters? It's what God says. Well, what does God say? And you know, sometimes you look at things God says, and you go, oh, why does he say that? Look at what he says. Romans 13. Everyone must submit to the governing authorities. For there's no authority except from God, and those that exist are instituted by God. So then the one who resists the authority is opposing God's command. And those who oppose it will bring judgment on themselves. Everyone's to submit. Now, you think that we have a tough time doing this? Guys, let me tell you something. The guy who wrote this book had a tough time doing this. Peter. You know who his governing authority was? It was Rome. You know who the emperor was? It was Nero. You know who Nero was? The crazy man. Nero hated Christians. He burned Rome and blamed it on the Christians. It allowed them to begin to persecute Christians. Began to throw Christians into the arenas to be torn apart by animals. This is the same Nero 
who ordered the death of the guy who wrote this book, Peter. What does Peter say? He says, submit to your governing authorities. Even though his governing authority one day would call for his life. Why would he do that? One simple reason. Because God told him to. That's all it came down to. Now guys, as our believers, one of our jobs is, so to speak, to be a living commercial for Jesus. And one of the ways that we do that is by submitting ourselves to the leadership of God. And we submit ourselves, when we do that, when we truly submit ourselves to him, that means that we are going to treat all people with kindness, with respect, whether they agree with us or not. Do you think that's a message that could be used today in our country? Where we treat people civilly? And we don't have to agree with everything. We don't have to agree with everybody. But listen to what Jesus said. He said in Matthew 5, 43 and 44, You've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Now again, just being honest, not one of my favorite commands. But you know what? If you put that into practice, people take notice. Because it's so different. How do we practice today? If somebody doesn't agree with us now, it's just become so different. If somebody doesn't agree with, with your view or with my view, it is in our nature, and we see it on the news, that you just absolutely cut that person to the quick. And we put them on an extreme side. You know, if you don't agree with my, my policies, then you're a Neanderthal and a bigot. If you don't agree with the way that I believe, then you're satanic And God ought to wipe you out from the face of the earth. That's our opinions now. But what what does God say? Well, Jesus said that we're to love our enemies. Jesus said that we're to treat people with respect and kindness. You see, our, our desire is for people to see Jesus in us because Jesus changes people's lives. And when we submit ourselves to him for his sake... God is glorified, and it blows people away when they see us putting others first, and then they wonder why, and we're able to say it's because of God. That's what he called me to do. Y'all might remember over Christmas, there was just a story I thought was interesting. It made national news. I thought it was a good story, but it made national news. So a cashier at Walmart, you might remember there was a, a guy uh, who came in, an elderly man, he had a bunch of food, and he was buying his groceries, and he handed her money, he says, is that enough? And she looked at it and said, you're $40 short. And so the man, the, old, the elderly man, he began to take his groceries, and he began, he was going to go put them back on the shelf. And she stopped him, and said, wait, wait. And she said, come back. So he comes back. She pulls $40 out of her own purse and pays for it. Well, that's nice. I mean, right? That's a nice thing to do. So the guy gets his stuff, and he leaves. Well, the guy behind her is blown away. And he goes, Hey, let me, let me pay for that. That is so kind of you. Let, let me give that $40. She said, I, no, you don't need to do that. She said, I did it because I just didn't want him, there to be a chance that he is leaving here with the possibility of missing out on something that he needs to eat. Okay, I was like, well, that's a nice story. You know, the national media was so blown away by that story, it was all over the news during the holidays about a lady who was willing to give to somebody else. Now, I don't know, that, that guy, could, that man, I mean, just from my cynical side, he could have been a freeloader. Yeah, I mean, that's not good for me to think, but something you think, well, he, he could have been a freeloader. But, you know, for that lady, it didn't matter. 
She said, I'm going to be submissive. I'm going to put somebody else first. And guys, whenever we do that, it blows people away. When we live for others because it points to Jesus. We want to be submissive for the Lord's sake. That you might say, well, and there, before I finish this one, you might say, well, what if my government calls me to do something that's ungodly? Does that mean I'm to do what they tell me to do anyway? Let me tell you, absolutely not. There's examples of it in the Bible. I mean, Peter, the guy who wrote this book, religious authority, said you need to quit preaching in the name of Jesus. He said, hey, I'm not going to do that. They, they release him from prison. He immediately goes to the temple. He starts preaching again. Shadrach, Meshach, Shach, and Abednego, you remember that story? They, they told him, they said, you're going to bow down and worship this false god or we're going to kill you. They said, eh, we're not going to do it. You can go ahead and kill us. We're not going to do it. You know, we serve a, we serve a, and they weren't disrespectful. They did not cause a riot. They just simply said, we serve a power higher than you, and we are going to serve him over you. And as I look at that, I think, what an incredible testimony. So, so why should we practice submission? Well, it's for the sake of others. It's for the Lord's sake. And then this is the last one, and we'll conclude. It's for your own sake. You practice submission for your own sake. In verse number 18, he says, household slaves, submit yourselves <clears throat> to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the cruel. That's a real key part there. For it brings favor. If because of conscience toward God, someone endures grief from suffering unjustly. For what credit is there if you endure when you sin and are beaten? But when you do good and, and suffer, if you endure, it brings favor, it says, with God. For you were called to this because Christ also suffered for you leaving you an example, so that you should follow in his steps. And then I'm just going to sort of paraphrase the last few verses here. He says, speaking of Jesus, he did not commit sin. No deceit was found in his mouth. And when he was reviled, he didn't revile back. When he was suffering, he didn't strike back at people. So what does it say about him? It says, because his, by his wounding, you have been healed. Now that tells me a whole lot. Now we want to, we want to be submissive for our own sake. And one thing I'm, I'm figuring out is that there's sometimes, that there are things that are good for us to do that are not always fun to do. Y'all, y'all know that? You know, there, sometimes there are things that are good for us to do that are not always enjoyable. I mean, we all know exercise is good for us to do, but it's hard to do. I mean, if you, we know it's good for us physically, but if you do it, I mean, it takes effort, and you sweat, you get tired. You know, if exercise was just like taking a nap, we'd all be Greek gods. You know, it's, it's not always fun to, you know, to eat well. You know, we know that vegetables and fruits, eating those, you know, those are, those are good things for us. But I would take a bear claw at the gas station any day of the week. You know, so there's some things that are, that are, um, that are good for us, but that are not always fun to do. Well, in... The same thing happens here. Now, submission always fun. No. Peter told, told the people, he said, listen, if you're a slave, if you're a household servant, he says, be submissive to your masters. And then the part that's a little confusing to me, he says, even if they are cruel. Well, what's he talking about there? Is he teaching us to be doormats, let people walk all over us? That's not what he's teaching. He's talking about submission here. He's saying, regardless of your circumstances, he said, be faithful, be honorable, be diligent in your work. Don't be a cheat. Even if the people over you are taking advantage of you. He said, you still be honorable. There's a famous 17th century pastor named Matthew Henry. He said, the sinful misconduct of one relation does not justify the sinful behavior of another. 
said, you be submissive. When we talk about submissive, that's what, that's what he's talking about. He's talking about being an honorable, diligent, faithful person. You know, we talk a lot about fairness. You say, well, that's not fair. Guys, here's something your parents have told you forever. Life ain't fair. Y'all heard that? I like to say it all the time to my kids, but when it comes to me, life better be fair. But you know what? Life ain't fair. Was it fair for Jesus? Do you read 18 through 25? Talk about what happened to Jesus. He was convicted of a crime he did not commit. He was executed on the cross because he wanted to pay our debt of sin that he did not owe. Why did he do it? He did it for you. Why do we want to be submissive? Because Jesus was submissive in order to transform our lives. And as we are submissive, we are giving testimony for what God has done for us. A submissive life will accomplish so much more than you can imagine. Just a little sporting analogy. I know there's a couple big football games on today. And my favorite team growing up, and of course they got, they got absolutely robbed, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, yeah, you all know what I'm talking about. Uh, it's, uh, my, my favorite quarterback of all time, though, was Roger Staubach. Of the 19, number 12, played for Tom Landry, two Super Bowls, 1970s, still remember them, great. Anyway, Roger Staubach is a great player. But Roger Staubach and Coach Tom Landry, they butted heads a lot. And he, was, he turns out to be a, a Hall of Fame quarterback, but they butted heads for a very simple reason. Landry never let Staubach call his own place. If you remember whenever Staubach played, y'all remember that guy, there would always be a guy, every play would run into the huddle, and Staubach, he would bring in a play. Staubach got ticked off about it because he's like, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a big boy. Everybody else in this league calls their own place but me. And so they just constantly butted heads, and they had some real difficult times. But finally, Staubach said this. He said, but I finally came to deal with the issue of obedience. And he said, once I learned to be obedient, he said there was harmony, there was fulfillment, and there was victory. You know, the path to victory requires us to be divergent. And a part of that, being divergent, means submission. It means surrender. Now, that doesn't make sense to me on my level. You know, when I think of victory, I don't think of surrender. But it actually, it takes strength to submit yourself to the leadership of God and say, God, I am trusting and believing your ways are higher than my ways. And I'm going to follow you. And I believe, I believe this. I believe there, there are some of us today, who, it's time for us to turn the keys of our life over to him and to submit. Say, Jesus, you're bigger than me. Jesus, you're the creator of the universe. And I'm going to trust that what you say is right. And I'm going to submit. I'm going to be able to live a life of submission. And for some of you, it begins with you submitting, first of all, to Jesus. And you might just simply need to take time to talk to the Lord at this time and say, Lord, I give myself to you. Forgive me. Be my Lord and Savior. For others of you, you're believers. And you say, you know what, as I look at my life, I'm beginning to understand. I have slid away from being submissive to Jesus to where I'm now. My focus is now just simply on me. And you need to pray and ask God for forgiveness.